Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. There is no situation too small, too insignificant to who you are that you can't take that to the Lord. You might say, I'm just a new believer. I can't really do this. Yes, you can. It it doesn't always have to be religious to take it to the Lord. It can be something very simple that you might be going through that you can take to the Lord. Please, folks, do not um, look at this passage and look at it as something that's very trite. I don't want you to look at this as some kind of a Christian cliche, pray about everything. This is probably the very root truth of everything I've been preaching last week and this week. Pray about everything. Then it says by prayer and supplication. You know what prayer is. Supplication means particular petition or specific partition. Intercession means you're praying for someone else and... Um, supplication is when you pray for yourself. William Hendrickson, in his great commentary on Philippians, says this. By this, prayer and supplication, by this is meant the humble cry for the fulfillment of needs that are keenly felt. And so if you have a need that is keenly felt, don't look at the prayer as rubbing the genie in the bottle, but what you are doing is you're humbly saying, God, thank you for what this is. In all things, give thanks, for this is the will of God. For all things, give thanks, this is the will of God. I give it to you now. So prayer and supplication. Then it says, let your requests be made known to God. Only thing I want you to do there is circle the word God. Most of the times when we're under stress, we go seek people, we seek advice, we whine, we deal with other things, we gossip, we blame everybody for our problem, we don't take it on ourselves. We then may go to a counselor, and I'm not marginalizing good, godly counsel, and I appreciate those who do, but remember that all the counsel is only going to be as good as they direct you to God. So let your request be made known to God is the emphasis there. I'm, isn't it so cool how God does He didn't say let your request be made known, period. He says be known to God, and how important that is. Another study said this, an insurance company did this. I, I don't know why or how they did it, but they said that a person or people who go to church and they worship, and they're gaining from whatever religion, pulpit, ministry that might be, and they do it regularly. They make that a high priority. In other words, they go there for their stress relief or their stress busting. They go to church. They do that. The statistics from that insurance company study was that they live 5.7 years longer than those who go periodically or sporadically or don't go at all. Now, don't send me an email back and say, well, I know why. They were in church and they weren't out risking their lives on an ATV. I realize that may be part of it. But I also realize that when you're in church and you're around God's word, that there is something that's happening. Not every week is there going to be peaches and cream here. Not every week is a PowerPoint going to work or my message is going to be the right length for you or scratch you where you itch. But I want you to know every message will be Bible-based. Every message, God can take a Bible-based message with the Spirit of God, and He can do something with you if you come saying, I need God. I worship God. I'm desperate for God. If you do that, then I'm going to tell you, you're going to get it. The problem are those that don't have that spirit, and they say, I need whatever. Okay? So be careful. Stress relief number six. There is no problem too big for God's power. Woo! That's heavy. There is no problem too big that I have for God's power. 
If you've blown it and you're living a stressful life because you're living in the consequences of it, I want you to know that there is no problem so bad that you're living that consequence that he does not have the power to forgive you and navigate you through it so you can come out on the other end. Scars, yes. Redirected from what perhaps was his perfect will early on. But I want you to know it will be the best for you as you move forward. So hang on to God in his power. Then it says, or too small for God's compassion. God loves you through this. He knows we're afraid. He knows that we have a propensity to sin. He knows we're still wrapped up in flesh. He knows we have the new nature. and We have all the power of the Godhead within us to do what's right. But he says, I love you. And there's nothing too small that I can't help you. So do not feel like you're left alone. I really enjoyed the worship song we sung forever. Forever. He will never leave us. Forever. He will always be there. Then it says, so I will leave my problem with him. Woo. So I'll leave my problem with him. A lot of our stress builds up is because we keep thinking about that stress all the time. And eventually then we don't sleep well at night. And if you don't sleep well at night because you're thinking about the stress, that makes you mentally, emotionally, and eventually physically fatigued, which then sets you up for a domino effect of more stress. So again, leave your problem with him. There's an old song, old hymn. We, you know, it's not even in most of the hymn books today. This is going to date me, young people. I know you're going to think I'm fuddy-duddy, but listen to this song. It's so cool. It's so cute, but it's so profound. If the world from you withholds of its silver and its gold, and you have to get along with meager fare, just remember in his word how he feeds that little bird and take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If your body suffers pain, and some of you know that, and your health you can't regain, it's beyond it now, and your soul is almost sinking in despair, just know that Jesus knows the pain you feel. He can lead you and he can heal. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. When your enemies assail, and some of you are going to face some critics, and your heart begins to fail, don't forget that God in heaven answers prayer. He will make a way for you, and he will lead you safely through. Cool. So take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And finally, when your youthful days are gone and old age is stealing on, and your body bends beneath the weight of care, he will never leave you then. He will stay with you until the end. So take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Well, let's go on to the next point. So that's something only you can do. I can't do it for you. You've got to dump your burden on the Lord. He's waiting to receive it. That's how you build a relationship. Prayer is not asking. It's building a relationship. Number seven, give thanks for all things. Give thanks for all things. That's another one that sounds so hard. It says in everything with thanksgiving. This is what we call the attitude of gratitude. Remember how earlier on I said, take your prayer time and turn, take your worry time, turn it into a prayer time. Now I would like you to take your prayer time and add to the asking time a thanksgiving time. So in your prayer, you can thank him for it. Here's something that was so fun. We were spending time praying for a long time for something to happen. Often we as Christians, and let me tell you, I'm the biggest violator of what I'm about to tell you, as anyone is. But I'm convicted more and more about this. And I hope that I can change it. Here it is. Those of you that have carried a burden for a long time, when it finally gets relieved, that stress, that issue gets relieved, do we spend as much time thanking God and praising Him for that thing as we did praying? Sometimes we pray a long time for that issue. Sometimes we will then say, thank you, Lord, praise God. Oh, thank you, thank you. And then we move on so quickly. And I'm wondering maybe if some of us should spend as much time using that memorial of how long it took the ask, seek, knock 
And then we spend that time just thanking him for that, just showing appreciation, how grateful we really are. A couple times in the Bible, Paul is now identifying what it's going to be like living in the last days. And one group of people he was talking about were people that were pastored by a guy named Timothy. And here's what he said to Timothy. He said, for men will be in the last days unthankful, unholy. Now stay with me on this. This is interesting. Unthankful, unholy. Notice how it jumped from unthankfulness to unholiness just with a comma. Boom, they're right together. It's showing how close unthankfulness is to unholiness, which is really showing this. Now, this is why I think it's important. Listen to this. This is cool. The reason we don't say thank you to God is because we think we can solve our own problems or things got solved man's way, so we really didn't need God. We got it done ourselves. But when we say to the Lord, oh, God, you got to do this, and God does it, what we're really saying is we can't help through that. We're, we're in a mess right now, God. Look at what's happening to us. Oh, God, you did it. We're recognizing his sovereignty. And that's why unthankfulness is next to unholiness, because probably the most unholy thing we can do is not recognize the sovereignty of a holy God that's in our life, drawing us closer to him. That's why it's this thing, us against God, and that's why he put them two together. That's just my thought. Look over here. Two verses I put down there because uh, there's a little bit of controversy. Some people say, well, you're to thank God for all things, but you don't have to thank him while you're in it. No, 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 no. You do both. It says, giving thanks always for all things. Circle those phrase, the phrase, for all things, for all things, to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You thank him for it. Whatever you're going through, you thank him for it. This morning... This morning, I got up early. I wanted to just do something special for Carol. So I made brewed coffee. Someone gave us some good 100% Kona coffee. And I don't drink that good coffee when you've got to run to go to work. You drink it with your quiet time with your wife on Sunday in worship of God. You know, that kind of thing. So I get this coffee going, and I go in, and I really, I gingerly, good morning, honey. And so, oh, she, oh, oh, you smell so nice. And I say, don't I? What else do you smell? Oh, you brewed coffee this morning. And I think, oh, that's great. And I go out and I look for the coffee and it's dripping all over the counter. <laughs> it's everywhere. So I, I clean this whole thing up. I'm, you know, shoveling it, cleaning it, wiping it, getting all the bottom of it all clean so I could do it for her again. And she said, and she's so sweet. My wife is next to almost perfect. I have to leave that out there because she does sin. But she said, what did you do so that I wouldn't do it the next time and have that problem myself? Just put the pot under the, the lip. That's all you got to do, you know? Now, I'm saying that to say about this kind of stress. You thank God for all this thing. Now, what did I really learn? Stan, you ninny, you got to pay attention. You know, you're so excited about doing this for Carol, you didn't finish your project. Take care of the little details. You're so visionary about the big picture, you forget pot under spigot, pot under spigot. You forget that. Notice the next verse. Then it says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, I'm going to let you theologians beat this passage up exegetically. When it says, for this is the will of God, what's the will of God? Giving thanks? Is that the will of God? Or what you're going through, the will of God that you give thanks for. You decide that. I think it could be a little bit of both. I'm going to give thanks in it for everything. But at the same time, 
Giving thanks is the will of God. So remember his sovereignty. Insight for relieving stress number seven. I can always give thanks with a grateful heart. I can always do it. Now you say, how can you do that when you recognize a sovereign God? He doesn't hate you. He loves you. He is teaching you. He's helping you get through your life, drawing you closer to him. And the last one is number eight. We talked about don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Give thanks for all things. Now think about the right things. Think about the right things. You can see the verse down there. You want to think about the right things. There's a book that was written years ago by a couple of uh, psychologists that work with Dallas Seminary. I've got some Dallas guys out here, so I want to name drop. Minerth and Myers. <laughs> he wrote a book called Happiness is a Choice. It's still today one of the classics that deals with anxiety and, and stress and uh, depression. If you, if you, you get, get a copy of that book, it's a classic. It truly is. It's biblical, but it also gives you the other side of it with chemical imbalances and other things. Tremendous book. But while I still say that, I want you to know the best stress reduction book that was ever written is the Bible, and it's God. So while you do read these other books, put the Bible on top of that as you're going through this particular material. It'll really, really help you. How many times that you've had a kid that's having a stressful time and his attitude is just wild? His behavior is bouncing off the wall. I did a wedding one time and this kid just ran all around. He ran and jumped up and down and he's just, he's just going nuts over this thing like a jumping flea, you know? And now he may have had brain damage. I don't know. But anyway, the issue with this little kid, we often say to kids like that, you need an attitude adjustment because we know that the behavior is based on their attitude. Get that attitude right, you know? But really, if we're smart enough, the attitude really comes from a thought pattern. Now, we don't have to go too deep with this, but at the same time, what they think about or the programming of their value system growing up, they start thinking a certain way, which creates them to feel a certain way, which then creates a behavior. Now, I said that. Listen carefully now. That's why when the Bible here says you want to relieve stress, you have to think about the right things. Then they label eight thought filters, we'll call them, thought, fil thought filters that are found in this passage of Scripture. Now, so we say if you think right, you'll feel right. If you feel right, you'll behave right. Watch this. Biblically, we would say if you think right, you have to think the right thoughts about who God is. So that's why doctrine is important. If you think right, your feeling will be, will be trust. The byproduct of thinking properly about the Lord, it has to be, if you really think and you, you believe what you're thinking about, will be trust. You will now rest in Him. When you do that, then you'll have the peace that passes all understanding. And so that's why it's the same train. Think, feel, behave. Think about Christ. Have the, the faith, the attitude of constant trust. And your behavior will be one of peace. And that's what this passage is talking about. Let's look at these eight filters very quickly. What are they? You can just look at your verse. Look at the verse now and find them in the verse, all right? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Circle the word true. What is true? The deity is true. The word of God is true. Rest your belief system on the word. Now, <clears throat> let me come up for air for a moment. We evangelicals, we so quickly say the word, the word, the word, the word. But I'm realizing that there is a postmodern generation that you just can't say the word because all you're saying is, uh, uh, Christian book, Christian book, Christian book, Christian book. That's all they're basically hearing. They, when we say the word, we're saying the inspired, infallible, totally correct, God's mind on paper book, irrefutable word of God, sufficient word of God. That's what, we're, that's what we're saying, but they're not saying all that. And so they begin to start reading it like literature. And it'll help them because it's so supernatural that the word of God can be doing a number. How many of you have been to Gideon meetings where Gideon people get a, or lost people get a Gideon's Bible? They read it and, whoo, something happens. It can happen, and it often does. 
But now for the young people that are in here, you're going to get a Bible for Christmas. I hope you get a good study Bible, especially our teenagers, that you get beyond these little kid Bibles. Get yourself a good Bible. When you do, I promise you there'll be stuff here that you don't understand. There's stuff in the Bible. I've been preaching for years, haven't earned a doctorate degree. I still don't understand. But I don't let what I don't understand block me from all that I do understand and trust in about the Bible because I know the more I study it, the more that I don't understand, I do understand. So when I tell you that the the word is truth, that means you read it when you feel like it, you read it when you don't feel like it, you read it until you do feel like it, you stay in this book because it is supernatural. And this is the most weakest argument for why you should do it. You ready for it? It works for me. Trust your pastor. Isn't that the weakest? But it hadn't let me down. And you talk about a skeptic, you're looking at one. Okay? So let's look at it. Deity, truth. Next one is noble, things that are worthy of respect. Look at the sacred rather than the profane. Just, things that line up with God's holiness and His justice. Pure, things that are morally pure and virtuous. Stay away from all that immoral junk. And you know what it is. I don't want to preach on that today, but just if you fill up with impure thoughts, it's going to create anxiety in you somewhere, guilt, and then everything else breaks. All right, lovely, things that are kind and gracious. Think lovely thoughts. And guys, I know that's hard for you, but for us guys, think about things that are lovely. Power down. Think in terms of healthy relationships. Six, good report, things that have integrity, virtuous, things of high quality and high standards, and then praiseworthy. Speak about that which is good. What you think about, you'll become. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what is insight for relieving stress? Number eight is, I become what I think about. So let's make that real, real simple. I will be stressed when I think stressful issues. I'll have a stressful life. If I'm going to be thinking about all my problems, if I'm fearing failure, I'm fearing the future, I'm fearing finances, I'm fearing fitness, I'm fearing foes, I'm fearing family, I'm fearing food, whatever it might be, all that that's there. If I think about that, it will create this anxiety. So what I want to do now is I want to change my thinking. And that's something that we have to do. The result will be the peace of God, which passes all understanding. I can't always explain it, but there are people that just can go through Life, when, if I can say this, when all hell breaks loose, they, all this is going around them, but whatever's happening, they're just able to just rock right through it. And I believe it's the peace of God that passes all understanding, and I can't even explain it to you. It's going to guard your heart. What does that mean, guard your heart? Watch this now. Watch this. When you do all that I've said with the Word of God now preached to you today through the Word, it's going to guard your heart so that when stress comes knocking on your mind, knocking on your heart. It cannot get through and cause you to lose all the sleep, ruin relationships, ultimately ruin your health, and the worst part, weaken your relationship with God. And so I want you to know that's, that's a promise. That's a result. You can count on that. It will happen. So how do you keep this peace in your life? And for you, having the stress relieving, you must trust in Christ as your Savior so you can have peace with God. Probably the greatest thing, if you want to fear anything, it's going to be where you're going to go when you die because there is a literal hell, there's a literal eternity separated from the Lord. But that's a fearful thing to think about that. There were surveys taken by pastors that say, if you want to find out what the people want to have you preach on, just ask them to tell you what they're most afraid of. 
And the number one thing that they're afraid of is where they're going to spend eternity not knowing. And so that is a fear. But God says, I'll erase that fear. Man, you can make it through life knowing that you've got a happy ending. And that happy ending is going to be in heaven. So trust in Christ as your Savior. Look at the verse. Therefore, having been justified by faith, not by works, not by faith and works, it's faith alone, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Woo! That's great. Starts with the Lord, ends with the Lord, because it's all about the Lord. And then number two, for those that have trusted Christ as Savior, you keep on trusting Him after He has become your Savior. Now let me make sure I make this clear. You trust him to get into heaven. You're believing that he died, rose again, forgives you of all sin. That faith saves you. Now, you don't have to keep on trusting him so you can keep on being saved. So, in other words, if you stop trusting, you stop being saved. That has nothing to do with it. Once you've trusted in him, that's where the phrase, you are born again. You have a new nature within you, a partaker of his divine nature. You have forever eternal life. Even before you die, you got it. So you're a new person in Christ. Okay, you trusted Christ as Savior. That got it when you trusted Him. Like, He's given you the gift. You believe it. You receive it. You got it. Now what you trust Him for is the day-by-day thing. So you not only have the peace with God, you have also the peace of God that's living inside of you. And you'll have that when you say, Lord, it's not about me. It's all about you. So whatever mistakes I made, help me clean them up. Let me learn from them. Let me grieve it and leave it, not make the same ones. And then, Lord, when other stress comes into my life, and I know that I have a propensity for that stress, Lord, help me get through it because I'm seeking you, your kingdom, and your righteousness. I really love you folks, and I live in the same world you do. But I want you to know that I'm on the journey with you, and when I apply what I've taught you today... I have the peace of God that I can't even explain to you. And I promise you on the authority of the inerrant word of God that it does work. But I can't push your want to button. I can give you all the meal, all the diets and how to lose weight, but I can't get you to do it. That's something that you and the Lord do. So what you're going to do right now, I hope, you'll humble yourself before God. You'll humbly cry unto him and say, Lord, I am a sinner. I know I've messed up my life. I know the stuff I've got in it. First of all, the wrong choices that brought on the stress. Now that I have the stress, that itself is a sin. And so, Lord, I confess that to you, that I need a Savior, and you are the Lord who died and you rose again to forgive me of my sin. I know I cannot be good to go to heaven, Lord. I've already blown it. No matter how good I am in the future, I still got a marked up, marred past. And so, Lord, I need your total forgiveness, and and I'm going to count on you. You said you'd forgive me. And so I'm going to believe you, Lord. I'm trusting in you to do that right now then you can experience your sins forgiven. You say, that's too simple. He made it so we could all understand it and we can all receive it. Would you now just call upon the name of the Lord? Now, it's not so much a prayer. It's more of a mental transaction. It's where you're transferring your trust from yourself or your works to Christ and Christ alone. Remember, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. Now, if you're doing that, I'd like to pray for you. So Today was the day that you trusted Christ as your forever Savior, that you now have a life of your sins forgiven, and you want me to pray for you. with. All right, now, Christians, how many of you together with us as a family, you're dealing with some stress in your life. I don't need to know what the stress scar is, but it's there. But you'd like for me to just generally pray for you, not by name, not by event, but just kind of bring a special time of closure for you, that you're going to take what you've learned here today, you're going to remember what you've heard today. You're going to think about the right things. You're going to give thanks for all things. You're going to pray about 
everything. You're going to not worry about anything. You're going to power down with others. You're going to maintain cheerfulness, cultivate harmony with others. And lastly, you're not going to give up. You're not going to quit. And you'd like to have prayer today, right now. Is there anyone at all? Amen. Amen. Now, when you experience this peace, here's what you remember. Not that you heard it from me. It's that you did what God told you to do. And you rejoice in him now. He relieved you of that stress. And when it comes at you again, you power down. Because blessed is the man who trusted in the Lord. Father, I just thank you for today. And I thank you for your word. And I do want to thank you for all the things that are in our life that bring about stress. Some we can control, some we really can't. Some we're just learning how. Some of our young people are, are facing now a life of challenges. And that's been good. But I pray that now that they do realize that they have been given the game plan for relieving stress. I pray for our adults in here, our sweet, older brothers and sisters in Christ, that, Lord, our church would be a church that would be a haven for those that are stressed out, burned out, anxiety-ridden, that they could come in here and through our love and our peace that we can share with them the peace of God that passes all understanding, beginning with the peace with God with their sins being forgiven by faith alone. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear.